I um, I lead a church in Reading, and um, uh, and also I work full time in IT. Um, I'm part of the ten days of prayer team in Reading. We're actually a small team, um, and um, and part of the Burn twenty four seven team as well. And there's quite a lot of overlap there between the two teams. I was going to pray for a moment before we start. Would you reveal your words to us today? Would you reveal what you want to do in your church and in us personally today by your spirit? Amen. Okay, so uh, yeah, I love that reference to the vision. Um, I'm going to be talking, touching on um, the 24-7 prayer movement uh, in my talk. So I just love the way the Holy Spirit does that. Um, and we're looking at uh, just what God is doing in the church today. Um, obviously, we see that God is doing a thing uh, in this moment, um, but how does it fit into something bigger? And um, and uh, also talking a little bit about the, the Reading um, 10 Days of Prayer team um, and, and how we're experiencing what God is doing in this moment. But first of all, I'm going to read from Isaiah. Um, it's chapter 6 and verses 1 to 8. I'm reading from the NIV. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each had six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away. Your, son, your, your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. We're in a pandemic. It, it's a, a great time to be seeking God in prayer. That does his heart that with everything we go to him in prayer. And um, the, the problem is that sometimes... Don't we? we we find that that prayer um, we, we're praying for it as an, as a means to an end we're look, looking for that result we're looking for God to, to answer something and for us sometimes prayer and worship is about that having God's favor and seeing his answer uh, and and that, that's good in its own right but but God actually sees prayer and worship as the end as the purpose of, of all that he's doing um, prayer and worship is us communing with God uh, and someone's, um, someone was quoted as saying, um, worship is the fuel and the goal of mission. Um, so worship and prayer is a thing that feeds us to, to, to uh, reach other people with the good news about Jesus, to love them. But also it's the goal as well. He wants more worshippers, more people in his kingdom to, to dwell with him, to spend time with him. And, um, and so, so prayer and worship has a slight aspect, a slight um, emphasis for God sometimes than, than what we have. We see him sometimes as a thought machine and um, he sees it more as a relationship. Uh, obviously that's a bit of a generalization. We, we sometimes get it right, but so often we get it wrong. And, and um, 
God's wanting to change the whole relationship between church and prayer and worship. And because, because he also wants to change the church, he wants to transform it, he wants to kind of like re, re, reboot it. Um, imagine Isaiah in that passage, um, walking into the, the, the temple in that vision, um, walking into the, the throne room of God uh, with a shopping list and and being completely oblivious to the glory and the awesomeness of god and just uh, reading out his shopping list of things for god that that wasn't what the prayer was about that wasn't what the vision was about it was this was isaiah completely in awe of god just stopping in his tracks realizing that he was um, completely inferior to god being broken being humbled repenting and emptying himself, dying to self and saying, who am I before you? A man of unclean lips, forgive me, Lord. It's completely in awe of God. And, and that needs to be our starting point in, in prayer and worship. It needs to be our starting point in life, in church. So, emphasis on God and his presence and his awesomeness. And, and our needs and the things he's calling us to do coming second. Um, also, um, it, I mean, I said it was really good that we're seeking God in this time, that we're, we're, we're getting on our knees, we're worshipping him. Um, and um, it might be easy when the pandemic's over to think, yes, God answered, we're out of this mess. And yet this isn't a one-off event this is not a one-off thing that we're in god is wanting a lasting transformation of his church through this time so um yes it's great that we're praying and worshiping more and it's great to see how it's going on around the world with burn 24 7 with a 24 7 prayer movement with 10 days of prayer with others praying and worshiping night and day around the world extended times of distributed remote prayer and worship it's just awesome to be part of that but it's not got to stop. It's got to carry on. God's wanting to put basically the 10 days of prayer type of thing into the church's DNA. 10 days of prayer is about a city stopping and seeking God for a time. Well, God wants the church to continually stop and seek him. 10 days of prayer needs to go into the very DNA of church. So church becomes about stopping continually waiting on God continually, looking to his presence, his awesomeness continually. That kind of Isaiah 6 vision of God feeding all that we are, being all that we are, and that everything else comes out of that. Now that's not easy. What we're talking about is a whole transformation of the global church around the presence of God. And leaders like myself in a church are a ceiling um, as well as an encouragement to prayer and worship. So if, if my congregation see me on my face before God, they'll think, hey, that's okay. I could do that. If they never see me on my face before God, they'll think, well, that's a bit weird. I, I, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. But they'll be the burning ones, the ones that are just on fire for God and just go for it, whatever, wherever their leader's going. But very often leaders can be at like a ceiling so that the limits of our passion for God, the limits of our prayer and worship for God, if I'm not praying through the night, why would my church pray through the night? So we need to be praying for our church leaders across the world. 
that, that they go that next level with God, that just on fire for God, that they have a courage to do things differently, to look ridiculous like David did um, before the tabernacle in the desert. Um, so that's that's my prayer, that we pray for our church leaders, pray for myself, that we go beyond uh, where we're at, that we then can take others into that place as well. And the whole church, we need a mindset change, a whole mindset change. Well, church is focused on seeking the presence of God, like Isaiah, just being in awe of him, stopping in his presence. And then notice what happens. It, it's God leading what happens. God says, who, who will go? Who can I send? And Isaiah says, me, I'll go. Uh, and that's the way that church should be where we go into the presence of God, we, we stop with him, we dwell with him, we worship him because he is worthy. And then eventually he'll say, now I've got some stuff that I want you to do, so go. Go with my word and my authority and in my timing and with fruit, you'll see fruit. We go because we've seen him, we've experienced him. So our social action, our outreach, our mission, comes out of that presence of God experience, that encounter with God. It says in 1 John, we love because he first loved us. So we have to encounter, experience that love so we can take it to the people around us. So we need a mind, mindset change for that. And, and it's going to be like Ezekiel 47, the, the, the river coming out of the throne room, out of the temple of God. As we just seek to encounter him, seek to receive from him, I mean, not, not out of us but out of just wanting to please him then the river of blessing will come it only come when we stay in the temple we worship in the temple and we raise up his name because he is worthy we get on our knees we get on our face and we worship night and day and we pray night and day and then the anointing will come from the temple and will flow and bear fruit for the nations god's also doing a thing around unity in this we, we often define church by, um, by the building, by its name, its structure, the affiliation it's got, um, its kind of culture, it's maybe the sort of special ministries it's got of, of reaching the lost uh, and the broken. Uh, and, and we can be rightly pleased about how we're serving God, but we can also be wrongly proud of that. We can see it as a differentiator, maybe take pride in it. Uh, and maybe you can be a little competitive about the churches around us. Uh, and, and we start to, to look to growing our church, seeing people coming into our church, seeing our ministry flourish. When we should be a kingdom people about building his kingdom in the place where he's established us. In Encounter with God, we lose those distinctions. I've been blessed over the last year, um, year and a half-ish, to be involved with, with Burn 24-7. Uh, um, helping out with the team in, in Reading uh, and also um, since since the autumn um, helping out with the 10 days of prayer um, um, uh, movement as well and in those um, we see that, that our distinctions of which church we come from become irrelevant um, in the 10 days of prayer team we've got eight plus others are coming around us as well which is great um, and we've got six or more churches represented there's a variety of churches just working together. And, and when we're in the presence of God, which church we've come from is irrelevant. We just honour each other, support each other, build each other up and, and work together. 
and um, incidentally in, in Reading we've got a, a group called, well we've got several unity groups, one's called Transform Reading. Churches get together maybe a 40, 60 each week in churches and Christian charities to, to support each other, um, to pray together, to network, um, to honour one another and, and particularly in this pandemic it's been great to see how uh, the church has worked with the charities and churches have worked together to really kind of bring, bring a, a kingdom response in Reading to the pandemic. And that's just coming about because we've just for 20 years been meeting together and praying together um, in the presence of God. God is claiming back his church. It's not ours. Often we think it is when we've put in long hours, when we've got a ministry, um, maybe we've, we've um, been doing it for a long time. Maybe um, things haven't gone well. Uh, we think it's all about us and it's not. It's about him. Remember, he bought his church with his blood and we haven't done that. Only Jesus Christ has bought his church with his blood. It's, it's he's claiming it back to glorify him. He wants the church to glorify him. It's calling it back to be one people. It, yeah, okay, in all our diversity, our different cultures, our different styles of worship, but, but network together, honouring each other, one people around his presence. And um, to be rebooted, transformed, be changed. So, how would the Lord God stop us from seeing our buildings, our regular programmes, our, our services and our, our worship and our great um, infrastructure and technology uh, as being too important? How would he turn us from those as being the focus? How would he turn us from those to just stop and seek his face and long to be with other Christians? He started it in this pandemic. He started it. Prayer is no longer about us. It's about him it's about seeking him prayer used to be about us finding it um, when it was convenient to us and, and now suddenly we're we're challenged to um, pray and worship differently it's not just turning up on a sunday or to a prayer meeting where we expect to be it's suddenly having to go on online on zoom it's suddenly zoom is there um day and night and, and there's an urgency to pray for our nation pray for healing pray for restoring pray for uh, pray for repentance um and so we we have this, this need to to pray and suddenly it's it's kind of it's there it's all over us it's it's i just want to read something to you from isaiah 62 jerusalem i have appointed watchmen on your walls there will never be silent day or night. There is no rest for you who remind the Lord. Do not give him rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem the praise of the earth. And that's what God's doing. He's calling us to be people who seek him day and night. who worship him day and night. He's doing a, a new thing in the church. The way he did things, the way that we did things before are not fit for purpose. So he's using this pandemic to stop us. Uh, religion you know, and, and like dry religion and duty and consumer church it's it just dishonors him it's a broken pot it's not pretty it's not useful and what he's doing is taking the church and putting it back together as it should be a pot that's beautiful and useful with him at the center him 
um, there. Church after the pandemic needs to be different. So if you're thinking we want to go forward into you know, back to normal, well, sorry, you know, you've missed the point. God's doing a new thing. We need to grasp it and go forward with it. When we can meet together again, we can't just go back to services as they were, ministry as it is. We've got to go back to seeking his face day and night. Um, all that we do coming out of seeking his presence. Now that means that we stop and we do nothing until he says, that's what you do, that's what we do. So history, 19th of April, 1164, 900 years ago, King Henry I of England started Reading Abbey um, in, well, what was then a village, and then the Reading has formed around it. It was a monastery um, devoted to the worship of God. And um, basically it was a community, a church community, which had a rhythm of daily worship and prayer uh, and service to those around them. And um, that got dissolved a few later, years later by another King Henry. But God kind of rebooted it. God took that pattern, that monastic pattern of, of day and night prayer and worship, of honouring him first, and started again in, in 2001 um, in something called the Boiler Room. Um, it was a prayer community, a prayer and worship community. Um, it, was, it started in a in kind of an empty uh, uh, pub or bar, um, on the grounds of the old um, abbey um, and it was about night and day prayer and worship sometimes 24 hour sometimes a rhythm of it it was a place of creativity um, a place of hospitality and teaching and uh, we possibly have someone on the call um, called Malcolm Pierce who was, was heavily involved in the, the start of it through it through it um, a man of prayer a man of ministry to the young people that was there and then in the um, the gardens that are nearby and that was it was about it was about being church but kind of outside the normal church setting just seeking god outside um in this pub and, and out in the gardens nearby um being church to the unchurched and um, being church to those that wouldn't perhaps naturally fit into church um he, he told a story of a young person coming into the boiler room where people are praying and, and, and so on and saying, I don't believe in God, but you can really sense his presence in this building because they were just seeking God night and day. The boiler room ended a few years ago. Um, my story, my involvement in, in the 10 days of prayer movement started last May, June time when when God kept waking me up in the night that he wanted and, and saying that he wanted a new boiler room. And I was like, well, that's, that's awesome. But wow, that's, that's quite a challenge. Uh, and then I, as I prayed into it, I realized it was actually bigger than that because what he wanted was not a new boiler room as it was before. Um, yes, there might be that, that kind of meeting together point in the future, but he wants the whole global church, certainly the church of Reading to be transformed into a boiler room where we're seeking him, his face, night and day. It's all that prayer and worship. And then everything else that we do comes out of that. 
So there were six um, properties of, of practices of the boiler room. So it was prayer and worship, creativity, hospitality and teaching, uh, mission and mercy. Uh, and, and all those come out of that meeting with God. Now, at the time of the boiler room, church leaders like myself didn't realise what the boiler room was. It was God's pattern for church. Actually, it was Acts style church today. Remember what, um, what it says in Acts. They devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Then fear came over everyone. Many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as anyone had need. Every day they devoted themselves to the meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and humble attitude, praising God and having favour with all the people. And every day the Lord added to them those who are being saved. And that's obviously his pattern for church, his ideal for church. As a church leader, I'd love to see that, but it seems impossible. And the idea of like the whole of the church returning to be an Acts-style church, that looks like impossible times impossible. But hey, we've got a God that can do it. Um, I, I shared my vision for what I thought God was saying with another person, another Christian, mature Christian, who um, and then said, well, actually, yeah, God has said, God said the same to me. And um, that person happened to be involved in the 10 Days of Prayer team. Hence, I ended up being involved in the 10 Days of Prayer movement. And, um, and suddenly I saw how I could be part of what God was doing. And there was Malcolm Pierce with his boiler room experience in the 10 Days of Prayer team. And in fact, in the 10 Days of Prayer team, we have people with all those six practices of boiler room. People who, with a, a, a heart for prayer and worship and creativity and mission and mercy and teaching and hospitality um so it's like he's, he's started something at least in us and, and uh, i guess all around the world through other people as well what do we do as a team well obviously we, we helped with the running of the 10 days in prayer last year in the autumn and that was great we had a 24-hour prayer room um and since then we've, we've carried on meeting together eating together um, praying together um, once a week at least and, uh, and just seeking him and, and our prayer times are, are about just being in his presence dwelling with him and yet out of that sometimes we're praying for our town praying for the nation praying for his um, praying for his, his kingdom to come but it's about resting in his presence seeking him first and everything else coming from that and um, it's been a blessing it's been like church should be and we've experienced yeah a bit like Acts church in our group and it has been absolutely awesome exciting just being led by god um i mentioned about creativity in january we had the opportunity for, for ray hughes from the us who's got a prophetic ministry to encourage the creative people um in the church we had the opportunity for him to speak in reading and it was like god was okay taking now into creativity here's something that can bless that 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 realm and um so he came and he spoke and, and spoke powerfully and the god's holy spirit moved amongst some of our young people in that time and it was great to have god doing then something in, in a creative sphere in reading and it's been exciting it's been uh we would just love others to be blessed by what we're experiencing um 
So I'm just going to pray um, that, that God will do it through his church. Um, I believe he's bringing a, a, a spirit from, I, from Zechariah 12 on his church, which is a spirit of grace and prayer. So grace for the church to grow into this and seeking to, you know, helping us to, to focus on prayer and worship that is all around him. It's not around us and these structures and the ways of doing things. It's first around him. So I'm going to pray for the church, pray for the, um, the church leaders across the world as well, that, that somehow we can move into this time. It, it's got, got to be about us seeking him, continuing to do this. So when the pandemic ends, we just carry on seeking God, being obedient to him, going just at his pace. What he says we do, where he, we, where he says to go, we go. Uh, we just follow his lead and we seek for this this leading of his spirit um so lord, i'm just going to pray now lord god would you work in your church throughout the world and especially in the places that are represented by the people on this call and i pray for each person on this call would you help us to see what you're doing in this moment if this is of you lord then let it be the most important thing that we do which is seeking your face first before all other things that everything else mission and mercy might flow from your throne lord help us to lay down our lives to seek you first our jobs uh, our possessions our church our family actually is nothing compared to seeking your face so help us to do that before, first before all things that we might be a people around the presence of god and that our church structures and our church practices and programs and services and all that we do to serve you in our jobs and serve you in our church flows out of that and we pray for church leaders in this time lord that you'll give us courage courage to take forward in uh, the church into new things not feel that we have to fit an old pattern of doing things not fit the the, the needs and, and the desires that a church might have but to take them into new things to have the courage to seek you to get on our faces before you to be passionate about you like david was like isaiah was in that throne room seek you first that all things might flow from it lord we need your church to be changed and i think you want your church so much to be a beautiful new bride fitting for your kingdom to come again so help us in this i pray by your spirit amen